0: You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. Yeah, down at the Department of Agriculture today with Mary Ruth Cornauer, who works, I guess, as marketing director for the Made in Oklahoma. Um, coalition, is that right? Uh, there's
1: actually a lot of programs yeah. in my department. So Mayo
0: is the yes. thing for it, right?
1: Market Development uh, okay. is the division. Sure. And we have all of the economic development and promotional programs that go along with
0: ag, food, and forestry. Go to, which is a massive industry in Oklahoma. It is. Um, but yeah, thank you for, for coming on the podcast. And uh, we're just chatting now. We have a lot of mutual friends as um, Oklahoma City is a small, big city and growing fast but we know a lot of the same people um, and yeah I'm excited to you know just share the story and talk about you know the the made in Oklahoma and how it's grown and and all the businesses that are in it as well we, we've had some on the podcast in the past uh, Rome coffee and DJ as well at Oklahoma gourmet popcorn but um Before we dive into all that stuff, tell me a little bit about you. Did you born and raised in Oklahoma?
1: Uh, Oklahoma, yes. Born in Oklahoma City, but didn't Mm -hmm. grow up here. Grew up in Northeast Oklahoma, showed horses growing up, and was involved in 4-H, and so that's kind of how I got involved in the ag side. We weren't ag producers, um, but I kind of fell in love with the people in the industry and went to college uh, and studied agriculture and communications and Uh have been a few different things before I was here uh, at the Department of Ag and just really felt strongly about um, promoting the... The industry that feeds and clothes us uh, and making sure that people understand where their food comes from, uh, but also on the producer side, helping those hardworking mm-hmm. uh, farmers, ranchers, food producers, uh, and uh, our agritourism venue operators show the world why they do what they do and yeah. help them be successful.
0: Yeah. Northeast Oklahoma is beautiful, isn't it?
1: It is very beautiful. <laughs> yes. My family is in Tahlequah on the Illinois River, yeah. and it's just one of my favorite places to be.
0: It must be great just going back up to hang out with them and Going out for vacations yep. or you know event Father's Day whatever it is and
1: absolutely it's just beautiful.
0: Yeah, I saw I shared a picture to the Instagram page a couple of weeks ago. There's a castle in Tahlequah. I had no idea that it was there. Muskogee. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. huh. I was like, that looks like something from back home. What is that? <laughs> and I was like researching it to make sure someone wasn't tricking me, saying that they tagged it in Oklahoma. But yeah, it's yeah. uh, I think the the background was like a Scottish guy had come over and he was a he was like a university professor and just built himself a right. castle. Right. Perfect. Love that. Right.
1: There's some. Great great tourism over there. If you haven't Mm. floated the Illinois River, it's just a phenomenal thing to do. And you can do it while social distancing, so it's perfect Exactly. Now,
0: Now which we have to (laughs) adhere to, right? Those are the new rules. (laughs) Um, So, did you go to OSU, I assume, then?
1: I did. Uh, Oklahoma State University, Ag Mm -hmm. Communications and Animal Science was my bachelor's, Mm -hmm. uh, and then did a master's in ag education.
0: Okay. And then was the goal, you know, going to university to just find a job at this building somewhere in the department, or was it...
1: No, I no. did several other things. Um, I My first job out of college was my dream job, and I was a youth coordinator for an equine breed association, the Pinot Horse Association. Okay. I had grown up showing horses, so that was a natural fit. Loved every minute of that, and then decided I wanted to teach. That's when I went back and got my master's for uh-huh. education, and that's how I met Steve Cook. Yeah. Uh, was uh, the uh, equine instructor and equestrian team coach at Redlands Community College okay. uh, for about five years, and um, then kind of found my way here because I wanted to broaden my outlook uh, on agriculture. And Mm -hmm. this was a great way to uh, meet a lot of people. I started here as an agritourism coordinator. Mm -hmm. So I got to spend my time uh, on the farm around kitchen tables and uh, walking through hoop houses and fields and understanding what the producers needed from our department. Uh, And then I did that for three years. And then just a year ago, uh, I moved to the director's position. So encompassed a lot of the other programs in our department.
0: Yeah, that... For people listening that, I mean, agro-tourism, mm-hmm. please explain to me what that is. Because, I mean, I'm one of these people listening as well. Cause, Absolutely. like... Do people hear that? Does that mean people come from out of the state just to kind of see what we do here? Yeah, they sure do. Good. Uh,
1: there's a lot of, a lot of what we call domestic tourism. So mm-hmm. coming from the state too, but agritourism is anywhere the public can go experience agriculture. Okay. And we divide it into categories to kind of help our consumers find what they want. So one of our biggest draws is horseback riding. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a whole lot of horses in Oklahoma and there's a whole lot of people that don't own them and want to ride them occasionally. So there's all kinds of riding stables that, in the state parks and Mm -hmm. on private lands that are offering that opportunity. We also have a lot of um, certainly Western European Mm -hmm. visitors, uh, and that's really kind of expanding um, markets. Several other markets are coming over here and wanting to experience the West. We have Mm -hmm. a lot of Western culture here. Obviously, Native American culture is really strong. Um, And then we have things like berry picking, where Mm -hmm. uh, these cultivated orchards of um, peaches and apples and strawberries and blackberries and blueberries are available for people to go pick their own own produce. Yeah. And um, we have country stays, which are, uh, you know, places out uh, like Airbnb, um, but just out on the farm where you can experience agriculture and nature. Um, And then Christmas tree farms is a big part and pumpkin patches in the fall uh, where the kids can go pick their own pumpkin and do the corn maze thing and all of that. So it's a big, uh, wide variety of things to do, but it all has to do with experiencing where your food comes from, fresh air, being in the country. And a little bit of that Western tradition as well.
0: Sure, there's so much that goes into that. I didn't. I didn't even think of. I mean, it makes so much sense. Like pumpkin patches and, like I said, corn mazes and yeah. horse riding stuff like that. My wife is. She never listens to the podcast, but um, she went horse riding with um, Stephen's mother. Yes, Stephen's mom took it. We went down to Stephen's house for dinner one night and saw this giant horse. And Taryn's like can I go ride it? <laughs> so um, she loves, she, my my wife is that person, you ex- just you know, the person you explained, is, we don't own a horse, but yep. occasionally she would love to ride one. So I'll give you a
1: great brochure, you can mm. uh, look for experiences, okay. you guys can go, you can stay in a state park, or in an old bunkhouse, and yeah. then go ride horses, and you don't have to feed them, and clean up after them, and all yeah. that, it's really a great way to do That's
0: the best it. part, right, you don't have to worry about cleaning, and feeding, and maintaining everything else. Right. Uh, so, being in this job, then, you've, manu- I, you've probably seen so much of the state and, and seen so many things that you never thought existed.
1: No, I really, I had no idea what kind of, uh, what kind of things I would be doing when I took this job. I just knew it would be helping producers, and yeah. it's a, um, a drive a whole lot kind of job. So, uh, and obviously I was familiar with Northeast Oklahoma and had lived in Central Oklahoma for a while, but it uh, was my first trip to Broken Bow uh, was with this job, and just yeah. an incredible area down there and Hochatown is booming with tourism. They've done such a great job of uh, giving those uh, tourists a, a few other things to do besides the beautiful lake that's there. Um, and then I had never been out past Guyman in the Panhandle and uh, I remember it's about a six hour drive from here and so I was getting pretty mm-hmm. tired and once you come over that ridge and you're looking at Kenton and it just looks like a whole nother planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just an amazing experience. I had no idea that existed here. Yeah. We have guest ranches out there that allow you to come and experience cowboy life and then of course hike the mesa and uh, there's a lot of stargazing out there on um, old ranches uh, that have turned some bunk houses and well yeah. houses and all kinds of things into uh, places where you can stay and you know there's not a gas station or a restaurant in town but there's some neat things to do.
0: Yeah. And you realize that you really don't have to leave the state to do awesome things.
1: No, it's such an amazingly diverse Climate that allows for so much, I mean, sand dunes up north and climbing in mountains. Mm. And if you're from a mountain state, you probably call them hills, but we yeah. call them mountains. <laughs> yeah. um, there's just so much you can do here. And it does take a, a few hours to get from corner to corner. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, you can experience just about anything you want here.
0: Yeah, which, I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean it's beautiful. And I share a lot of the pictures from up there. I need to get up there myself and take my own pictures. But um, and, and just being from a real estate perspective, you know, background like the the luxury cab- cabins that you can rent down in mm-hmm. Broken Bow and like the, I mean that's a whole new market now, isn't it? And yep. people are building down there, and I mean they are. They're amazing. Yeah, the some rate of, of
1: construction down there is really incredible. And mm. the fact that they can finish them one day and they're booked for six months the next is, yeah. is really great.
0: Yeah, it's uh, I had one, a friend reached out and was like, hey, you should probably go and hang out down in one of these spots and do some podcasts. I'm like, that would be a great home base to do some podcasts in that area. However, I can't get down there for six months. <laughs> and by that point, it's winter and it's freezing cold. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that you, know, you can go on Airbnb and... BRBO, I think is yeah. the other website, and look at them. I mean, they are magnificent. Uh, That's
1: another thing I love about those places, especially down there, though. Even winter mm-hmm. is really neat. You know, there's wildlife watching mm-hmm. and, and bird watching you can do from your luxury cabin with the fireplace on, right. and the, um, the restaurants, wineries, breweries, all that have all those indoor spaces yeah. that you can really enjoy at any time of
0: the year. And fishing's big down that area, it too, is. right? Yep. Yeah. lots of fishing uh, I spoke to uh, Lieutenant Governor Pennell the end of last year and he was big on saying that the new fishing like trail and stuff was, yes. they were talking all that stuff um, I'm not a huge fisherman but I see the people who tag me in pictures and the sun's coming up and they're standing in the middle of the river in their waders and having the best time so yes. it's bringing money to the state and that's one thing that he said was the amount of money that fishing brings mm-hmm. to the state is, is huge so um with, you know, coming here and, you know, you mentioned that the Made in Oklahoma is just one thing of the many things that you're overseeing Mm -hmm. so before we dive into the Made in Oklahoma thing what are some of the other stuff that like you are that's in your department
1: we have a lot of programs for producers uh, like Market News where we report Mm -hmm. cattle and grain markets to help those producers make those decisions we work with USDA for that Um, and then grants and loans Uh, we administer some federal grant dollars that Mm -hmm. help uh, a lot of research projects go on but our biggest other consumer facing program is called Ag in the Classroom. Okay. And we have coordinators that go out to uh, teach teachers and do workshops for uh, school kids. Uh, and it's all focused on what agriculture does for us in our daily lives. Mm-hmm. So they produce uh, anything from financial literacy cards to educational coloring books. Um, they have a, a um, cropopoly game. Uh, it's a monopoly with the crops grown in Oklahoma. Yeah. So they do all of those things, just trying to make sure that... That everybody knows how important that is. They just took a group of teachers last week. We generally take a group of teachers, about 50 of them, on a three-day bus tour
0: mm-hmm.
1: of farms so the teachers can learn uh, how to teach their children better about things they may not know of. Yeah. Of course, this year that looked a little different. Um, we did kind of a poker run style, um, our ag run, and we had uh, the dairy cows in the parking lot being milked here, mm-hmm. learned about that, went out to Express Ranch to see the Clydesdales and the beef cattle, and then went quite a few other places just letting those teachers learn about other opportunities and all of those places had field trip opportunities for their classes too Um, so that's a a huge part of of what we do is education so trying to get um, the school kids to understand where their food comes from uh, but also those teachers we provide curriculum for them so hopefully we're making their jobs a little easier uh, and we're making sure that that curriculum is meeting state standards and and what they need to do for those kind of
0: things so that really satisfies you from a teaching point Honest, yeah. you know, perspective, like your teaching background and the, the love for teaching, because I have friends that are teachers, and I have friends that would rather, you know, just dig ditches all day than teach like they just don't want to do it and I think every teacher it's a special type of person that wants to teach people especially in Oklahoma regardless of if it's a school or you know agriculture or whatever so shout out to all the teachers if you're listening Um, absolutely you need to work you know you need to get paid a lot more for what you do (laughs) I'll just leave it at that um so yeah the teaching side that's, I didn't, didn't realize that that's really cool and you mentioned you were a Redlands so yes, doing the Ag stuff there
1: I did I, I prefer the college age students I could never I would rather dig ditches than uh, teach the younger age children that is much better suited to someone else yeah. um, although I do coach a high school equestrian team so I do yeah. love the high schoolers but um, I, I really education's always been near and dear to my heart I love youth programs I'm a 4-H mm-hmm. volunteer as well and um, I just think it's really important um not, not only engaging students for something that's worthwhile, but uh-huh. letting them know that milk doesn't come from the grocery store shelf and uh, that uh, cheese and your hamburger mm. and everything else is, is really made by important people that um, sometimes don't always get the spotlight.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, recently, I had on the podcast um, Native Acres Meat company out uh-huh. in Okachi but they were awesome uh, we had a great podcast up there just to learn about their process um, and just kind of see what they do and you know just how I mean last week was harvest week for them and I mean they they, they were both of them work full-time jobs but yeah. they have this meat company that they're a part of uh, with the two other couples out of um, kind of they all met Oklahoma State and just that's a great podcast everyone listening wants to go back and listen to that one uh, their process was really cool but it's people like that right that Mm -hmm. just like that that are kind of like the life blood of the state and agriculture and like it's I don't know that that to me is like real Oklahoma right? I
1: love that you mentioned that they have full time jobs too because uh-huh. so many of the producers we work with are operating like that. Ag is the side business for them and it's important uh, heritage for them. It's important for them to carry that on but it's so important for them to be able to give to the world sure. but agriculture is getting harder and harder to feed a family on um, mm-hmm. Used to than it used to be. Uh, used to be you could could be very successful and nobody had to work in town. And now we see a a lot of our food companies specifically and our smaller business companies uh, have other jobs and are are making it work, but it's a passion for them. And so that's a lot of what we try to do is if we can take some of the burden off of marketing um, or whether it's grants or loans or some other kind of program, that's really where our role is to try to help them be successful.
0: Yeah. And then that's it. like I said, that's everyone in the in the Median Oklahoma uh Is it coalition, right?
1: There's actually two programs. Okay. So, this gets a little confusing. They are both housed here. Uh, Made in Oklahoma program has been around a little longer. This is for um, not only food companies, but the candles, uh, metalworks, all that kind of thing. It's an economic development program. Sure. So, anything that's grown or manufactured here uh, and sold at retail can be in Made in Oklahoma. I understand. Made in Oklahoma coalition is a public-private partnership uh, between the Department of Agriculture Culture and a group of producers about 20 years ago, this sure. is their anniversary this year, um, decided that they wanted to take this food marketing to a new level mm-hmm. um, and it's food and beverage services. Only. And so they have a membership base where Made in Oklahoma program is a free program and we do a lot of cost shares with mm-hmm. uh, Tulsa Home and Garden Show, Oklahoma State Fair, that kind of thing. Um, and it's really important for a lot of the food companies that are just starting out. And some, mm-hmm. some of the companies never want to leave that level. They're probably working two other jobs sure. as well. Um, but the coalition companies are usually those companies that are ready to step up. They've got their barcode. Uh, they're yeah. ready for distribution. Um, that kind of thing. A lot of them... Uh, are looking at exporting, which is another program that we have. We work with international trade um, to try to help them with that. And um, so the coalition is that uh, MIO that you mm-hmm. see on the billboards, and there's a bus wrap and all that kind of stuff. They do some fantastic promotion. Yeah. If you shop at um, some of the uh, state-run grocery stores, uh, Homeland, Crest, uh, some of those, you'll mm-hmm. see the uh, retails tags on some of the shelves, um, and just. So so, so many amazing products yeah. in there and they also register restaurants if they use a certain percentage of sure. made in Oklahoma products uh they can be on that promotion list too yeah
0: okay that makes sense i didn't know that um that's really cool so what i mean you you must have met so many just great people from around the state that are making you know like i said they're either making food or furniture or whatever it is like there's them. every day must be different.
1: Yeah, and it's really inspiring to see people's creativity really mm-hmm. coming through. You know, we have waves It seems like there's, it's just barbecue sauces or just jellies or something like that. It, it seems to come in waves, and they're all good. I've never yeah. tried a bad product, and that's the honest truth. Um, but it's really fun to see the new stuff that comes through. A couple mm-hmm. years ago, it was Edible Cookie Dough Company um, or, you know, a new type of uh, candle or mm-hmm. car sense whatever it is, even though we've seen, may have seen the product before, everybody has their own spin on it and everybody can be successful. And that is really yeah. one of the cornerstones of our program is we want everyone to be successful. Uh, even though we may have 20 candle companies, um, you know, we, we promote everyone equally because it is a unique product. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, it's, it's very exciting to see those applications come in and see the, and hear the stories really. It's yeah. my favorite part when I got to travel with agritourism is hear the personal stories and mm-hmm. why they were passionate about that. And whether it was grandma's sand plum jelly recipe or my dad was a woodworker, so now I make these boxes or whatever it is, um, I, that just humanizes everything. Yeah. Um, it's, sometimes it's hard to humanize business, I think. Um, but really, uh, it's just really inspiring seeing what people come
0: up Yeah, across. and it makes it, once you know those stories or you meet people that are making the stuff that, that like, you'd rather order from them than you would rather order from Amazon. Absolutely, right? Like that's, that's the whole goal here is like, there's a reason there's a, there's a, and not, not to say that there's not a, you know, someone that's on, you know, selling stuff through Amazon is, you know, they got mouths to feed too, right? Sure. But when you meet that person, you have that personal connection, don't you? Yeah. You know where it's coming from. You've seen the story. Like I said, the grandmother's recipe or right. you know, great-grandmother's recipe. Sometimes like that's special, isn't it? Especially when it's from here.
1: It is. It's it's great to make that connection, whether it's raw produce at a farmer's market, which we also mm-hmm. have in our program, um, and to know that that was grown uh, with ethical standards, whatever your preference may be. Some, yeah. uh, some people prefer organic. Um, a lot of farmers, uh, you know, will share their practices with you and even if they're not certified. So it just makes you feel better about that. But it also creates those memories. So, you know, if the jelly tastes like something grandma made or you had that great interaction with them at a boutique store or the fair or something like that. Remember that one time I tried that salsa at the fair? Let's go find that again. We hear that a lot. We get the calls that say, I was at um, Tulsa Home and Garden Show last year and I had the best salsa I've ever had in my whole life. Help me find it. Well, (laughs) that gets a
0: little tough sometimes. Yeah, exactly. We spend Um, the next three weeks diving through the archives to find...
1: Exactly. And a lot of times we're able to do it, but um, we're just trying to um, help those companies make those connections. We always wish we could do more. Um, Uh And so we just try to think of opportunities, create opportunities. We're working on a really exciting one right now that will be in Stockyard City here in Oklahoma City. Um, There's a little courtyard right next to Little Joe's Boots. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to have 20 vendors set up there in July. That date hasn't been released. Yet, yeah, we're still working on that. Um, that'll hopefully be um, a catalyst for a permanent retail store down there. Nice. So that that's our goal. Yeah. Um, obviously we would love to set that up everywhere sure. um, but we don't have the staff to do that. So we're hoping that we can show some success with the pop-up markets down there mm-hmm. um, and that somebody takes that on because that's a great tourism area. Yeah. Um, we've also chatted with the Lieutenant Governor about getting more made in Oklahoma products in the travel information centers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his his goal of making those really keystone pieces of traveling through mm-hmm. Oklahoma is just really amazing, and it's needed to be done for a long time. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I just think there's so much opportunity for us to showcase the people that are just driving through. Yeah. And um, we get so many visitors from our own state, and you know, that's uh, it's it's easier to look at that now and say, well, you can't go very far, and things aren't open, and everybody's mm-hmm. staying close to home. But uh, it's pretty incredible the people that do spend vacations here, when, that live here, and yeah. there's just an endless opportunity of things to. to to buy and do and that made Oklahoma stuff is such a great gift to send to people mm-hmm. that either grew up here or went to college here just a reminder so yeah. we're trying to make those opportunities easier uh, for people to find
0: yeah that's one of the things I'm glad you said that it's a great gift because that's one of the things that DJ said from you know his, his Oklahoma gourmet popcorn was that most of his business he's shipped to almost every state I think in the country uh, including like Hawaii yeah. and he said because people want something that was made here and you know, you know your family out of town, like for me, my you know, family's back in the UK, and can I ship something that was made here? And my mother in law always wants to buy, you know, I think they, she bought the Bedray chocolate, yes, um, so Fantastic. good, and sent that, you know, to my parents back home, and just. I think the older you get the probably the more you, you understand that stuff as sure. a kid you're like why do you want stuff that's you know it doesn't make any sense is it like made and malware is made they just right. want a present or whatever um, but yeah that's that's really cool to and it's such a just adds a neat value to it that it's actually made and produced and, and you know the story is from right here in the state so yeah for uh, sure uh, yeah it's that chocolate. I'm thinking of chocolate now because it's so good. It Really is the best. Uh, and they do sell it in the city, which is great. So you have to drive all the way to Davis yeah. to get it. Um, have you
1: had the uh, white chocolate covered bugles? Oh, I haven't. You got to try
0: those. Okay, that's uh, yeah. Right I'm, gonna make, I'm gonna make. i ask you about that as soon as we get done, <laughs> so I don't forget it. Uh, but is there any? Is there any stories for you that kind of stand out since you've been here that are just you know little kind of gems that really make you love what you do?
1: Don't know about any one specific story, but my favorite thing is to hear the the life story of these people and and why they're starting this business when either whether it's a restaurant or a food company or um, some kind of manufactured product. Uh, we have a. Um, a guy who makes uh, hay bale holders uh, for livestock and he got tired of the way his worked and wanted something different so I I love to hear everyone's story about why they do what they do and it's never about making money. They have to make money to make business work Um, but that is never the reason that Mm -hmm. people get into this it's really more of a labor of love we certainly want them to make money Mm -hmm. Um, agritourism is the same way you know some of them are trying to save the family farm and give it a new, new life, um, a new revenue stream, Uh, but so many of them are purchasing new farms and new locations to start that because they wanted a connection to the land. Um, They wanted to be able to share their land with people and uh, get out of the concrete jungle every once in a while. So I would love to hear the the, the reasons behind uh, why they do what they do.
0: Yeah, there's yeah, that's you should have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I mean, there's, we'll just send them to you. Yeah, that'd be awesome. We can definitely sort something out with that. That would be uh, that's one of the things that I think that I'd love to do is you know a lot of the podcasts they come from referrals, right? And you know, people listening have sent. You know, me referrals and, and every guest that I have on, I always say, Who do you know that I should interview next? And sometimes it leads to one person, sometimes it leads to like 15, 20 people, which is amazing because, you know, it's I get to meet a new person every day. And the, like I said, the stories of why, why they do what they do, and it comes from an actual need that they, they want to do this because they need to do it because it will improve what they do rather than, Oh, this is going to make me a ton of money. Right. Uh, and then just like the passion that comes into it, right? Like it's, it it doesn't, you know, sometimes it's extremely hard work, but to them, it's just what they do. Right. Right. Like anyone else off the street would be like, this is awful. You do this all day. um, especially in agriculture right you're out in the field you're outside or whatever it is um
1: there's nobody in agriculture that'll tell you their job is easy that's for (laughs) sure
0: that's true yeah (laughs) unless you talk to josh and josh josh said that he was watching football while he's driving his (laughs) tractor because he drives himself (laughs) now which is but for the most part um that's a small minor detail of the things that he does and something that is easy (laughs) in his job which everything else is not easy um but yeah it's yeah just I mean seeing going down the list of people that are like involved with the media in Oklahoma and like you said it's not just food right a lot of people probably think it's food straight away don't mm-hmm. they and then you said you know like there's there's furniture people you know people making furniture or you know hay bale stuff like it's Is endless, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it really is. That Made in Oklahoma program, uh, which includes all of the Mm. specialty items, gourmet items, that kind of thing, is actually undergoing a a rebrand right now. Uh, They've launched their new logo on their Facebook page and they're Mm. almost ready for the website to launch. It's going to make the consumer experience way easier. They're going to focus on retail locations to Uh try to get those products out there a little bit more. Um, And they're going to do a big focus on like holiday gift baskets. We already have a list of okay. that. They're trying to promote that better. Um, so if you want to send something to relatives, you're like, well, I don't know what to pick. Well, yeah. there's some ready-made gift baskets for you. So they've they've put a lot of work into that this last year. Um, the Oklahoma State Fair Made in Oklahoma store is just incredible and it's a great uh, place to go if you're just looking to try new products. Um, we certainly hope that happens this year. All systems are a go for now.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, my staff works really hard to put that Together. There's always sampling on the front porch of the stores in the big Bennett building. But that's a big economic opportunity for our vendors that are working those other jobs and couldn't spend. 10 to 14 days there and so we stock shelves, we sell the product, it's a partnership with the fair and um, that's we try to provide those opportunities. Last year was our first year for the Made in OK Cafe at at Tulsa State Fair uh, in the livestock barns and we used all Made in Oklahoma, lots of coalition products. Mm -hmm. Um, We had uh, sausage rolls from Mitchells and um, blue and gold sausage, um, Shawnee Mills gravy, that kind of thing all day Uh, and that was a huge success so we're trying to retool that this year um, to eat, create even more opportunities for our vendors yeah. um, to, to get that product out there and and make people know that it really is in your backyard
0: right and that that's the tough part right is it, getting the word out there isn't it like because it's so easy to click something click a few buttons and oh, it's a it's you know you, you click reorder of something that you same grocery order that you have every week and it shows up in a day and it's on your doorstep sometimes less than a day um, but yeah once you get, you know, this in front of the right eyeballs, I mean, like, look, this stuff is really good. Yeah. Like, once you taste it, and yeah. it you know, that's, or buy it or whatever it is, you realize that the, the quality of what you're getting it's worth a few little extra dollars to, you know, to keep that money in Oklahoma.
1: That's such a great segue into uh, our new brand, which is Oklahoma. Okay. Uh, which is Oklahoma with an L on the front. And uh, we actually have been uh, cooking this little idea for a couple of years and haven't been able to, um, to find the focus to get it all together just because of a lack of resources. And we got that together last year and we were going to launch it this summer. And uh, it is a connection between the The producer and consumer of uh, raw products so uh, meat dairy eggs and produce Mm -hmm. so a farmer's market but if you don't have the time to go on Saturday or Wednesday night or whenever it is you can go directly to the farm Mm. Um, and it's all those retail locations too that are, are selling those but we um, Second day of uh, shutdown, uh, we decided that it was close enough and we would go ahead and launch it. And uh, so we launched it as a Facebook page. Uh, it links to a Google document of everybody uh, that is selling that um, we knew of at the time and it builds every day. Yeah. It's just an incredible response, but we talked so much about how to keep the momentum of When Walmart wasn't an option, when the shelves were bare there, it was easy to say, look at this list, go drive 20 miles to your local farm and pick it up. And we hope that that product, which almost always is far superior sure. to what you could get um, in, in some of those grocery store instances, um, but we want to sustain that momentum in when Walmart gets easier again, mm-hmm. or grocery delivery or what it is, whatever it is, to make it worth going out to the farm to sure. go get. And and that's tough because uh, convenience is everybody's friend. Yeah. And when our busy lives resume eventually, um, that, will, that will be a lot harder, so we have a lot of our Farmers talking about um, ways to work together on Mm -hmm. delivery services. Uh, We really need an Uber Eats for farms. That would be fantastic. Um, They would cover a lot of miles in Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. Um, you know we've had a couple people try that kind of thing before and so we're really seeing a lot of momentum on that local food movement obviously mm-hmm. uh, we we discovered a lot of problems in our supply chain when that was threatened um, we have a the safest food supply in the world here and it, and it's really we take it for granted mm-hmm. um, and that is is unfortunate but it's very easy to do when you can always walk into your favorite grocery store and find what you need yeah. um, and some of our, our big producers you know they they take a lot of heat for being local large and using large packers and things like that, but that's really important to be able to keep America fed. Yeah. So uh, even though we expose some of our weaknesses in the supply chain and we certainly want people to buy local, we understand that there's a need for all types of agriculture Um, and we need somebody to be able to supply Walmart all over the world and uh, our local producers can't do that, Um, but there's a niche market for all of that. So we we think everybody can exist together um, and we certainly want our, our local producers to be successful, not only for their livelihood uh, and for the health of mm-hmm. consumers, but those um, you know, there's tax dollars and employment uh, that is there. That uh, when you're creating jobs in those tiny yeah. little towns, two jobs is a lot. You know, if you if you even if it's right. seasonal employment, so there's a lot of benefits to shopping local. Uh, yeah, as oh, I'm sure definitely. you've talked about before. Um, but eating local, I, I really um, um, I got to visit a lot of farms when I first worked here and farmers markets, and if you haven't had that zucchini or cantaloupe or strawberries or whatever it is from your local farmer you need to try that at least once and you will understand what you're missing yeah uh, it's a it is a different taste haven't been on a truck for a long time um, I certainly love my pineapple and I like cantaloupe in the winter and I do all that grocery shopping like everybody else yeah. uh, but when I can get it locally when it's in season and Oklahoma has a very short growing season um, we tend to get very hot very fast and not a lot of rain like we're seeing right now right um, but when it is available it's just such a special treat to be able mm. to do that and then support your neighbors at the same time.
0: Yeah, definitely. Is there a way that people can find like their local farmer? Is there a website Absolutely. or anything? How do people do that? So uh,
1: pretty soon, you will have a mobile application on your phone to uh-huh. be able to say, where's the food near me? And gotcha. you'll be able to search by category, by strawberry, by melon, by whatever it is. Um, but right now, that's a Facebook page. Uh, and there's a sheet on there that will kind of direct you to all those mm-hmm. farms. And it's just local. Oklahoma, Oklahoma with an L on the front. Okay. So that mobile app, of course, we got slowed down because of the shutdown. Uh, we should have had that ready by now, but it is coming. Yeah. It's so close. Um, we're just trying to work all those bugs out before we release it to the public. Um, so we'll be doing some media push on that. That will help everybody find that. Yeah. There's also OklahomaAgritourism.com has a farmers market list. Okay. Um, and so you can always find there's a if you haven't been to OSU OKC Farmers Market at Scissor Park. The new so location moved. now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It it is just incredible. You do not feel like you're in Oklahoma. It is a, it is a true community experience mm-hmm. and the, the products there are just incredible. Um, I, you walk in and, and see that produce all stacked up and beautiful and you could be in Portland or LA or somewhere else. So, And then you've got the great popcorn companies, the coffee companies, um, gosh, snow cones, there's everything down there and, yeah. and the crafty items as well. So it is so cool. Those are Saturday mornings. Um, so, I, and that market's just going to get bigger, too. Yeah. Scissor Tail Park is such an asset. Um, so, that market was always great when it was over mm-hmm. on campus. Um, but now that it's in that new location, it's just a whole new feel.
0: There's so really much cool. room out there, too. And, like, it's... Yeah. Yeah, it's it's such a great place. Um, you're right. It's a huge asset uh, to the peak, just, you know, for for that and then for the city and state as well. Like mm-hmm. It's just such a great place to hang out. It um, seems like you're always... Cooking up new ideas. There's always something going on, right? Like you said, the new, the local thing, and then some other stuff in the works. Any that you allowed to speak about that are on the way as well, or future? Because I know you're always planning ahead.
1: We are always planning ahead. I have a team of 14 people that are just incredible marketers and they're not usually traditional Uh marketers in a sense. They are, they have to be, they have to know how to market but they also have to know that, get on the farm and understand the needs of producers as well. So it's a really unique set of skills that they possess. Um, Our biggest launch is definitely Oklahoma. We've got a few little things uh, cooking for made in Oklahoma for sure. Um, Our new pop-up markets down at, at Stockyard City and and some hopefully some really exciting things coming for Christmas. Okay. Um, so keep keep an eye on the Made in Oklahoma program. Yeah. The coalition is just constantly evolving, evolving and, and making new opportunities to reach the public. So they've got some yeah. new marketing campaigns for the fall uh, coming up. But um, I don't know. I feel like we're sitting on our big projects right now. Yeah. And uh, our next ones were, are, are in the works. Awesome. Um, I will say um, one of the, the most exciting educational things we have coming up uh, is a push for school gardens. So Farm to School yeah. is a program. It's a national program, and, and we're the official partners in the, in the state. Um, And school gardens is one of the They have three pillars. Uh, School gardens is definitely uh, a big part of what they do. And we haven't been able to have the finances to support that before. Um, We actually just wrote a grant, a federal grant, to be able to do a pilot program with the schools, provide the kit to make the garden, provide a stipend for a teacher to manage the garden, and then um, all these educational things with tastings, uh, you know, whether it's um, carrots cut up and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, the kids rate what they think about them. And introducing them to brand new produce they may have never seen before. Yeah. So that's probably our biggest one that hasn't been launched yet uh, is the school garden thing, and we hope that really takes off, and yeah. we can get more funding to expand that.
0: That'd be really cool because I know um, Amy at six twelve in the Paseo, I think, has a school there, like a private kind of school, but they have a garden too. Yeah. Um, and she's saying, like, it's just, you know, get the kids to plant something, and they're so much more engaged because they're the ones that plant it, and yeah. they're the ones that watch it grow, and, like, it's... Absolutely. And it teaches them a valuable lesson, right? Well, yeah. lots of valuable lessons.
1: It's the best type of hands-on learning. Mm. It's safe, for the most part. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of ways you can get hurt, um, so it's great for the little ones, but there's so many lessons. I reckon the classroom teachers work so hard teaching every subject. Mm-hmm. So there are math lessons that have to do with ag. Um, obviously, biology, chemistry, and the sciences too. Um, but you can find any subject. There's a ton of reading yeah. things um, that talk about Oklahoma history and and Western culture and things like that that um, you can tie into anything. But man, those school gardens. There is nothing like seeing a seed that you planted grow up and you get to eat something off mm-hmm. of it. It's really impactful for the students.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to go back to you know that the pop-up that you mentioned that's going to be in the stockyard it's like what a place that's going to be for exactly you know that pop-up shop and it's it is the perfect place to start that. Yeah.
1: I think the, the stockyard city down there is um, is really overlooked by even yeah. the people that live close. It's such a neat little district. They've got the Opry down there and then such great shopping uh, and, of course, restaurants. Um, and uh, there is just – there's growth going on. There's some real excitement mm-hmm. behind it. Um, the manager uh, of the stockyards itself is really involved. So they're focused on the history and the culture of the area. Yeah. Um, And uh, you can just find just about anything you need down there. It's really cool. uh,
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And for people listening, I'll definitely post some more information about that when it comes out and when it's confirmed and everything else. But um, I want to thank you for your time. This has been really cool. Uh, A lot more information, a lot of stuff that I had no idea about that's, you know, it's definitely going to be of a value to people listening as well. Uh, For everyone listening, I'll post all the links that we just mentioned down below, like all the websites so you can go find your local farmer and taste amazing strawberries instead of buying it at Walmart, don't do that forever. Don't do not it anymore. It's bad. Uh, but no, thank you so much for, uh, for taking the time out. And yeah, guys, I will see you next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite
1: podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more
0: great Oklahoma content, Follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.